All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high-quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hello, welcome to the second episode of The Sober Mom Life. I am so excited. You guys, this is the first interview episode. I'm going to be doing a lot of these along with the solo episodes, but I wanted to share our first interview with you. So I talked to Katie Rexing today of Katie Rexing on Instagram. Her website is called Grace in the Crumbs, and she also has Katie Rexing Wellness. So I have known Katie for a few years, and she is sober, I think probably about a year and a half. I think you guys will really love her. She's just a breath of fresh air. She's so authentic, and what she puts out is just so what Instagram and the world needs. I think she's a great reminder for me to be present, 
to take what we need from the moment and just really take chances in life, to trust. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and I hope you do too. So here is my friend, Katie Rexing. Okay, and we're here. I am so excited. You and I connected first on Instagram. Yes. And I think it was probably, was it in 2020? I think so. I think we were both kind of politically. I think that's what it first was, was like we were both like in our political, like being a little more vocal. Yeah. And then it was like a sobriety thing. It was like a lot of things, but it all happened really around then. Yeah, I think it did. Like I think that's when you were really on my radar and then we got to meet up and I just fell in love with you right away. Mm -hmm. Ditto. I think it's just, you know, you, you find these people online. And like then they become like actual real friends even before you meet them. Like you feel like you know them. And and then when we first met for coffee in real life, I was like, this is crazy that this is the first time because I feel like I know you. It's so surreal that way where I feel like the internet and like Instagram social media gets such a bad rap. And yet so many ways, I feel like I've met some of my like closest friends and you feel like you already totally. know these people because you share these like really personal things about yourself yes. um, and you just connect faster, I think. Totally. I think so too, especially being moms and just being like in our homes, especially yeah. in 2020. Yeah. Like that was our that was our village. Totally. Instagram is our fill is our village, even though that might be sad. I don't think it's sad. <laughs> it's it's a little sad. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I'm like, I don't have friends in real life. I have friends online. <laughs> oh no, one hundred percent. I'm always like, sorry, can't hang out. Also because I feel like I've become socially awkward. And so I know. I'm, always, I, I'm actually like become like a, like a hermit. I was always considered myself an extrovert and like post-COVID. Yeah. Now I'm the most awkward person in social settings. So I actually only do well on like like I can do a podcast, no yeah. problem. You put me in a group of like moms at lunch and I am like I don't know what to do with myself. Oh my god, terrifying. No, terrifying. And yeah, I can pour my whole heart out like to the to the public with no problem. But see, that is so okay, that is so interesting. Because and that brings us back to your whole okay, so your whole page. If you guys have not checked it out, you need to check out Grace and the Crumbs. Your whole vibe is just so open and authentic, and like the serenity that I get when I visit your Instagram page and your web and and your site is just Aww. like it, it's so calming. You're such a calming presence, and you're just so vulnerable. Like what you share online is just, I love it. I mean, I've told you that before, but I just I, – I have to tell you that again. I so appreciate you saying that. You know, I think like when I first started it, it was like – and it didn't like intend it to be this way, but I sort of feel like I was making it for like the younger me, if that makes any sense. Like I yeah. – years ago, like I really struggled with like lots of things from like my own self-worth, like what I was doing with my purpose, um, to like how to take care of myself, marriage, motherhood, all the things. Like I was – I struggled in so many ways and I didn't really always know where to go. And I sort of feel like the things I share are the things that I wish like someone would have told me years ago to be like, it's going to be okay. And here's why I know that, you know? And so for me, it's sort of like, it's it's almost like I'm writing to like a, the younger version of myself, if you will, to be like, I got you and you're loved and I got you. We got this. And you could totally feel that. Like I feel that yeah, every time I see anything you post. And because you are, you're a busy mom of four. Your kids are a little bit older than mine. Yeah, yeah. 
But I mean, four kids, like that's a lot. Yeah, it's that's- no joke. It's no joke. And, so, and I'll be honest, like it was not the plan. I feel like I should have been a mom of like one or two. Like I naturally am a high anxiety person and like I really like – order and I like things like really clean. Like, listen, I have all white couches and I refuse to buy anything other than white sofas. So you mix four kids with that and that does not go well. I feel like God has a really, or the universe has like a wonderful sense of humor because they're like, let's give the woman who is like so tightly wound like four children. I mean, it looks like you're like nailing it though. And you are. No, but the thing is, I feel like actually like having those, having four kids has been the thing, the tool that has kind of forced me to really look inward to be like, okay, you can't control all all this chaos. Something's got to give. What are we going to change? And they've really been like my biggest teachers. I'm sure the same for you. Like yes. motherhood has been my biggest teacher. Um, and it's totally shaped me. You know, the woman I am now, my oldest son is 13. The way I parent and the way I handle even myself or my marriage, all the different things is so different than when I first started. I wish I would have given myself like the grace, even to my kids, to be like, none of this bullshit matters. Oh, sorry. I, yeah. I swear no, a lot. No, you can. Like, you like, can swear. <laughs> no, you do it. Swear more. Kids, as long as my kids don't listen, we're good. Like, but um, yeah, I feel like it's, you know, it's it's changed over the years. And um, I wish I would have given myself some of the free passes and the grace I, I give myself now. I wish I would have done that years ago. Totally. I know. You almost don't, you don't know the forgiving nature of motherhood when you first start. Like I thought I had to just nail it and be perfect and so much pressure and I was going to screw up this little perfect little being, you know, just by making a one wrong move. And it's just too, that's too much. It's I mean, too much. I am going to screw her up, but hopefully in like small ways. You know what I mean? Like we're all going to screw up. Well, I think we always think that things that we're screwing up are the things that don't actually matter. You know, it's so funny. Like I used to always have like the big birthday parties. I always had the thank you notes. Like the kids had pajamas that matched for Christmas morning. Like I did all the things, you know what I mean? And I was like on the outside, had it all together. On the inside, it was like a duck with her like feet swimming underwater. Like they're going so fast. You know what I mean? And that was like my like, I didn't really enjoy it. Do you know? I mean, I wasn't yeah. like in the moment. I was always worried about what's next or like what email for school did I miss? And like when's parent-teacher conference? Like I feel like I was always worried about making sure everything was okay. And I feel yeah. like now in motherhood, it's the first season. And listen, my kids are spread out in ages. So I feel like I get, I'm almost getting like a do-over with my younger two. But I feel like I'm really allowing myself to just be present with them and enjoy it and say like, Fuck the thank you notes, okay? Like, yes. forget the like. I don't. The kids do not get cute lunches. They make their own, and they literally look like a monster made it. And I'm like, yes. it's fine. It doesn't actually matter. Half the times we're late to school, and I'm like, it's fine. It's it's like the first grade. Like it's all okay. Yes. I put so much pressure on myself before to be like on time. Kids well behaved. My house organized. And now I'm like, no, no, thank you. Unsubscribe to that version of motherhood. Unsubscribe. And that's so healthy, I think, for your kids to see. Like you let yourself off the hook. You know what I mean? I think that's such a good message for our kids to be able to just be human and enjoy. And and that's what your, you know, your reels, I'm – Loving your reels. Are you kidding? I'm the worst at reels. You I are not. Come over. You have and like make me do them. I literally like the, I like look at the audios. I think about. I'm like, oh my god, I can't even. I don't even know. What. No, I'm telling you because I remember when you did not want to do reels, and I, I said, still you don't have, want you to, have to like start doing reels. <laughs> and they're so it's just like it feels like you are very present. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying. That's what comes across though, and like you meditate every morning. You do your yoga every morning. Totally. 
Like, it's just so amazing. Okay, Aww, but we also have to get into sobriety. Can we please? Can we please? Can we please talk about the elephant in the room? I know. Okay. We talked about motherhood. So in order to kind of understand your sobriety, I think it's important to understand your relationship with alcohol. Yes. And so like where where were you with it? What's your alcohol story before we get into your sobriety story? Yeah, totally. So I will say this. I grew up in the Midwest and with like a typical like Midwest family. And I use that word very cautiously because I don't even know if there is such a thing as typical. Mm-hmm. But like we had alcohol at like you know, like the birthday parties at holidays. I never really thought twice about it. It was just always around. It was like how we celebrated like milestones. My mm-hmm. parents were never that strict. I just didn't think that much about alcohol, but it was definitely like something like in college for sure had my like party days. Yeah. Did your parents drink growing up? Did you see your parents drink? 100%, which is why I think I thought it was just like what you did at dinner. You have a totally. glass of wine. Like that my mm-hmm. parent, my mom would just have a glass of wine after dinner. And I just thought like, doesn't everybody? Like it didn't seem like that big of a deal to me. Right. I don't think they had necessarily, I hate even using the word like drinking problem for sake. I even hate that even language, but just yeah. for the sake of, because I have no other language to use, I wouldn't consider like anyone in my home to have any type of problems per se, but I don't even know what that, what that even means. It never stood out to me. It didn't affect my relationship with them. I always felt safe in my home. Mm-hmm. But I will say the more, as I, you know, post-college years, I definitely started probably drinking a little bit more like during the week. It wasn't just like one or two glasses, probably three or four glasses, you know, on the Mm -hmm. weekends. But at the same point in time, it's what I saw all around me. I still had like a great job I was holding down. I was still like, I had great friends. I was, for the most part, from the outward perspective, like really healthy, like I was Mm -hmm. Thin, tall, girl. like I, I seem to have like have it all together. And everyone around me, at least where I was in Chicago, was like really boozing. We were in our twenties, like it was just kind of what everyone did. So again, it was one of those things like I just assumed, isn't that what everyone does? Yeah, because it is right. I never thought of it as like being like a problem per se, because like I held down my job, like nothing seemed to be affected. Fast forward, I had a couple babies, and I was became a little bit more mindful of my health and wellness, really like my mental health. Um, I think motherhood kind of forced me into that, like just becoming aware of how I take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And I started being more conscious of what I ate. I started being more conscious of just like movement and meditating. And I was practicing yoga. And it was so interesting to me because on one aspect of my life, I was leading this like really healthy, mindful life, like really intentional with all of my choices. And yet alcohol was still a part of it. And I just, for whatever reason, it was that one thing that I just didn't question. It was like, I mean, I would question whether I ate a piece of pizza Mm -hmm. until like the cows came home. But like, I'd have a glass of wine with no problem. I would eat like a vegan slice of pizza (laughs) with a glass of rosé. Do you know what I mean? It was like, it was weird. I just gave alcohol a pass. And it took me a while. I, you know, I did done a, a lot of cleanses over the years where I'd take like a month off of drinking. And I would feel so good. And it wasn't the month off of drinking that was the hard part. It was that re-entry back in. Totally. And it would like feel, I don't know, I would just like have like a really bad hangover after like one or two glasses of wine. And And you would feel like you have to get back. Like, I just have to get past this hard part. 
Yes. And like you go out to eat and people will be like, oh, why aren't you drinking? I'm like, oh, I'd have explained it. It was always this like weird thing, but it actually wasn't yeah. like the month off of drinking. It was everything else around it that felt hard. And I had done this for years where I had seen other people like stop drinking it and it felt so radical to me. I was like, wow, why yeah. did, you know, that's, that's crazy. I, I can never, I couldn't picture myself. And yet there was a part of me that was kind of envious, like jealous almost of like, I wish I could do something like that, but it just, right. seem, it seemed overwhelming. Totally. Like not an option even. Like not an option, not an option. And I had toyed with the idea of, you know, just going for like, Maybe I do like two months where I don't drink. And it was, it was weird, Suzanne. It wasn't like a planned thing per se. I just like remember this. We had gone to California over COVID. And when we were in California for two months, I think I probably drank, I'm not going to say every day, but it was at least every other. And it was just a glass of wine here or a glass of wine there. And I came home and I felt like shit. Yeah. I just felt bloated and puffy. And I was like, you know what? And it was right around the holidays. I was like, this is it. And it was New Year's Eve. We were at my parents' house in Ohio. I was drinking a warm glass of Chardonnay that wasn't even good. And yeah. it was like this glass. And I was like, why am I doing this? I just, why am I doing this back and forth? I'm like, I knew in the back of my mind it wasn't doing me any good. And I looked at John Paul and I, like, it wasn't premeditated. There was no like thought behind it. And I just looked at him and I was like, I'm done. This is my last drink. I poured it down the glass, down the drain. I set the glass down. And I went to bed, never thinking that that was actually going to be my last drink. Right. Never being like, what did I, wait, what, what did I just say? Yeah. It wasn't that like premeditated. I think had I thought I was never really going to drink again, it would have felt too overwhelming. I just, totally. I think in the back of my mind, I meant like, well, for this month or maybe for right. a couple of weeks. Well, because how could you ever say you're not going to do anything ever again? I don't know how you, yeah, anyone can kind of wrap their minds around that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and then I can get into the whole thing of like, then what happened like after that? Because um, it's that was a year and a half ago. I can't believe it's been a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. And it's, listen, I'm, I feel the healthiest I've ever felt in my life. This is something I wish I would have done years ago. It felt... The first month, I don't think I understood the gravity of it. It was just like, I'm just not going to drink. It was almost kind of like my body was like de-puffing, just getting back to so like, it really took a couple of months to feel like back to like equilibria, if that makes any sense, like back to a good balance. Mm -hmm. And once I felt that, I was like, oh, so this is what it feels like to wake up with energy. Yeah. Like this is how I'm designed to feel. This is how I'm designed to feel. Yeah. But I had never felt that in my adult life because even if I went like, I mean, I think the longest I'd ever gone without alcohol was a month. Right. And so I really had never lived my adult life without it. And I having like a completely clean life. And so it was really powerful. That's amazing. And I, I think those months off, because I think people do that, right? Like sober October yes. or like dry January or whatever it is. I, You know, you could see the benefits of that of like, okay, I'm going to just stop this and kind of detox. But then you kind of don't reap the benefits of sobriety. It's like you do that first, I'd say probably the first month is just the hardest as far as like habits and kind of getting out of the idea about having grabbing a glass of wine after dinner or something yeah. like that. Like you just have to get out of those habits and then you go through that first hard month and then you go back to it and you're like, no, like just if you keep going. No, I could not agree more. It's almost like had I known, I would have been like, 
why are you even doing this? Because it really was like you were just getting to the good stuff at that 30 days. Like, and then you get to the good stuff and you're like, oh, now I get it. It really was like a huge light bulb for me as the months went on. And, and that's when the power started snowballing. And I felt empowered. I felt more confident in, in myself. And it's funny because it was really like after like four or five months, I stopped thinking about it. Like it wasn't, it's not even on my radar now. And it's so funny, like, you know, we're moving now and yes, we're moving under, to California. Moving like, to California. But the best part is it's, it's like, it's been a really, I hate using the word, like it's been a stressful time because this is such a privilege that our family is able to do this. No one is dying. No one's lost. Like we, this is a, a beautiful reason that our family is allowed to do this. Yeah. But it's still with a lot of logistics, a lot of moving parts. And yeah. It's funny because I've had a lot of comments from people like, don't you wish you could have a drink or like, oh gosh. And it's funny because like as we're closing up this chapter of our lives, like we do have this like wine cellar with all this like wine that we bought like from trips to Italy or different things. And JP and I talked about it. I'm like, I don't even feel an urge. Right. Like not even ounce. Like I would not want to miss this moment and miss this like I'm not ruining it for a sip of that red wine in our in our basement. Like, no, thank you. I'll pass it off to someone. But it's funny because these are the monumental like moments in your life when you're making these huge changes, these huge celebrations. Where I would have had like a glass of wine or two, even if it's just like you know, like my mom was like, just have a glass. Don't you want just one glass before you move in your in your house? Yes. And it's like I'm going like, wait a second. Don't you make a clergy not drink? But mom, again, you're you're pressuring me. But again, I think it's because it's our society's way. Yeah. Like that's how things are marked. And so old me would have done that. And so it's interesting how, you know, it's only been a year and a half and I, there's not even an ounce of me that wants to do that. Isn't that amazing? It's like the blinders are off. The blinders are off. And I will say it doesn't make it any less special. It doesn't make it any more, less like amazing or relaxing. Like all the things I thought wine added to or whatever it was, I'm now seeing didn't add shit. All it did was cloud my judgment. All it did was make me miss the moment. All it did was make me feel like it did not add anything. Right. That's always what I want to like shout to the, just to everybody. I mean, that's kind of the goal of this whole podcast. It's, it's the goal of everything is, is just to say like, no, we've actually just been tricked all along. Tricked. tricked. Wait a second. Oh, wait, wine doesn't make anything better. Yeah. And, and it's not anything to celebrate. It's actually just like ethanol that will, yeah, make you cloudy, make you forget, make you feel like shit the next morning, like make you miss those little moments. So that's so cool that you like are getting to like pack up your home and kind of close this chapter and really yes. welcoming the new one with a clear mind. Yes. And I feel like really present for it. And I feel like it doesn't mean that I don't have moments where I'm like, the same feeling I had when I used to reach for a glass of wine at the end mm -hmm. of the day, you know, like remember when it was like the whole like mommy, like mommy wine or like five o'clock for mom, Still. you know, it was this whole all over Instagram, mommy wine culture. 100%. Just, yes. Yeah. And like there was, I remember that feeling at the end of the day after the kids would be crying and I got everyone down and you pour yourself a glass of wine. Yeah. I'm not saying I still don't have that feeling of like, I need to switch it off. I just have different tools now to like, to go to that. I'm like, that actually serves me so much better. Yes. And what are those tools? Like in your sobriety toolbox, when that, that five o'clock 
even even in that like witching hour, which I know your kids are are no, older, but they still the get crazy, hour. right? I don't care if they're thirteen or three, witching hour is like a real thing. It's like oh I'm god, the crazy. witching hour is here to stay. You heard it here first. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, breaking news, kids. It ain't getting easier. You know, I think there's there's a couple of them, but the number one thing for me, and I think I read this in Quit Like a Woman. I think it was there that I read this, but she talks about the power of like that one minute. And it really Mm. is like you have this urge, right? So this feeling comes up of like, I need something. I need – your body just wanting to escape, right? So whether it's the glass of wine that's going to help you escape, whether it's a cigarette, whether that's the food, whatever it is, you're just like, oh, like you can feel it inside of you. And all we want to do is escape that feeling. And so our vices help us get out of that. And so what's helped me is like that – knowing that that feeling is just a feeling and it will pass. And so Mm. the thing is – but they – she talked about this idea of like, you have to sit with it. Like it's a wave and it's going to wash over you. Stay in it. Like don't go anywhere. Just stay in it. Give yourself 60 seconds. Yeah. And so even if I'm in the kitchen and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I just got like, my kids are driving me crazy. And you know, I'm a, I have a, a salty food, like vice. Like I, I would just like grab like potato chips. And so it's like when I'm feeling that, like where it's not from a place of nourishment, but from a place of like stress or like intuitively, I know this isn't good for me. I pause, I like put my hands on the countertop or put my hands on my belly and one on my heart and just give myself that 60 seconds to be like, you're just feeling this moment. You're just feeling this. It's okay. You're safe. It will pass. And yeah. honest to God, it's like every single time, Suzanne, it's like that after that 60 seconds, it's like that emotion no longer has control over you. And instead, I feel so much more empowered to be like, okay, okay, it's okay. Now I can make a smart choice. Yeah. You, know? you were strong enough to survive it. Yeah. Like 60 seconds. That's amazing. I mean, that's a really good tip because think about all the things we reach for and not to feel those 60 seconds. You know what I mean? And all it is is 60 seconds. 100%. And I do it in the car. Now. It's so funny. Like there'll be times like we on road, we road trip all the time with the kids and I'll like just like, they'll be driving me crazy and I'll like, reach for like a girdle bar and I'm just like, you know, yeah, like, okay, totally. okay, I know what I'm doing. Like, okay, set, set it down, set it down. <sighs> just like breathe. And it's, it's wild how like you can really apply it to anything, but that there's, especially in the beginning of like for sobriety, I think for people, like sometimes you have to ride that wave a couple times in a row, every hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's going to be times or there were times like when I first went out socially and like people were drinking and I like really was like, should I just have a beer? And it's like, I would find myself just like, just wait at 60 seconds, just give it 60 seconds and then make a new decision. And it's like, if you can just take it minute, sometimes it literally is just like minute by minute and saying like, I'm going to make a healthy decision for myself right now and I'll reevaluate how I feel in a minute. Yeah, that's so good. Especially in those social situations, like going into a social situation, especially like 4th of July is coming up, all the summer parties. It's just that first couple of minutes of just feeling uncomfortable of choosing not to drink, choosing your favorite mocktail or whatever it is, and then sitting in that discomfort and it goes away. And then everyone else, like you feel like everyone else is going to look at you and be like, what? What's going on with her? Why isn't she drinking? And they might for like the first couple of minutes, but I promise you they will forget. For sure. I think the thing is, is we're so trained to like not want to feel uncomfortable. Yes. It's like we want the baby to stop crying. We want like for people not to like, don't look at me. Like when we walk into a social room, you're like, oh, it's that first moment of walking in. It's like, we just hate feeling uncomfortable, like by human design. And I think it's one of those things like we just have to know, like, we're not going to be able to avoid that. So it's going to be uncomfortable no matter what. So you either have a choice, like wake up tomorrow and feel really miserable and uncomfortable or deal with this 60 seconds. Like either way, you're going to have a hard choice. Like life is not easy. 
And so I, I don't want to like minimize this like, oh, it's so easy for me. I just quit drinking 18 months ago. Like, it's fucking hard. Like this shit is hard. Yeah. And it's going to be hard. And But it's also like you can do it. And I think it's like you just have to get honest with yourself. Like there's going to be moments of uncomfortableness, but I am stronger than this emotion. I am. I'm worth it. This is. I'm. This is worth it. Yes, totally. And it and it builds on itself too. You know, it yeah. really does. Like once, it's like a muscle you have to train. Yeah. And then, and then it way leads on to way. Like you can get through it. You will get through it. Just keep making that next right decision for yourself. Yeah, that's so good. I think too. When the more you practice that muscle, you become more connected with your own. Not to get like too like woo or cheesy, but like your Do own, but like, your own <laughs> but like your own knowing and your own intuition, yes. you know? And so it's like you take your own power back instead of having to be in like alcohol or like in other people in social settings, you feel so much more empowered in your own self and like so much more rooted and connected to like your own self-worth that like you can walk into a room and be like, I don't give a shit what you think about me. Totally. I know I'm the jam and like, I don't need to have a glass of wine. So ask your silly questions away and it's not going to phase, like phase me because sobriety does make so many people. And you know, I've talked about this. It makes the world so uncomfortable. It's going to make other people uncomfortable. But once you get to a point, like, it's not my job to make you feel okay. Oh, And I yes. believe in myself. I know my self-worth enough. I know I know my choices and I feel grounded and rooted in my choices and confident in them. It makes everything so much easier. So much easier. And, and it really is true that, like, anyone's reaction to your sobriety is 100% about their relationship with alcohol and how they feel about their drinking. 100%. You know, that's not for us to figure out or judge or anything like that. But that's just so important to remember that yeah. it's it's not anything about you. Yeah, it's not about you. No. It's not about you. And just as like we are relearning, I think so many of like the, are so are the people around us. And so I think it's like we as we have to be like gentle and compassionate with ourselves in this mm-hmm. process. Same with those around me. It's funny, like even I feel not bad about saying that how my mom was like, you should have a drink. But it's like she also like doesn't no, totally. Just, she's learning too. And like she yes. grew up in a different world. And so I try to remember that like she's learning too. And so exactly. like, passionate with them to be like, okay, it might take everyone a hot minute to just recalibrate to like some new norms. But I think for the most part, like it, thank God is becoming something that more people are talking about. And hopefully everyone's becoming a little more aware. I know. And and the cool thing is that your husband decided to stop drinking shortly after you did. Totally. I always get that question about my husband and if he still drinks, he still does a little bit like on yeah. the golf course. We kind of have this boundary or it's my boundary and he's very accepting of it is like no more than two drinks or two beers. Yeah. I just feel like then I still want to be able to connect and I think if yeah. someone has more drinks than that. It's just, you're not on the same level anymore. Like it's very uncomfortable for me. Um, and he's totally fine with that. He's like, yeah, I just like the taste of a beer on a golf course. I'm like, cool, go, you know, go golf. But I think that's so important. I love that. Like you set that boundary for yourself. And I think it's amazing that Russell is like on board. I also feel like as it should be, right? Like we all want that. Like that's what a true partnership is. I think sometimes like we're afraid to ask for that or some partners aren't 
as responsive. And that's really unfortunate. But I think that that's also like then a factor of like really where your relationship is. It's not really about the alcohol thing, right? Yeah. It's like, of course, we're going to support each other. Right. And that's so cool. Like, Okay. So tell me about JP. Not <laughs> not to like go into his no, story. But sure, I mean, sure. he can hop on too, you know? No, Come on no. And he loves his stuff. Like, he loves his stuff. It's so funny. I think maybe it was the first like six weeks or so. So I had like gone through that first month and JP, we always love, we have a record player in our living room. Like we love to like, put on records and like we used to like sit, I'd have a glass of wine and he'd have a cocktail. And oh, so I, love I like yeah. heard like a record playing and he's like, Hey, will you come down? And I'm like, sure. He's like, I have a present for you. I was Aww. like, Oh my gosh. Yes. I like literally thought it was going to be like jewelry. Like diamonds. <laughs> like, thank you. Oh, like, I'm the best husband. And I went down and it, I it was like, he gave it to me and I unwrapped this box and it was the book Quit Like a Woman. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, first of all, you're the cutest, but I did not think it was. And I was like, wait, because I wasn't even that 100% committed to the, I was just kind of testing it out. And he, he said to me, he's like, I'm really inspired by what you're doing. I think it's incredible. He's like, I've heard people talk about this book. He's like, I think you should keep going. That's amazing. It's such a small token that means so much. Honestly, Susan, I think that that was like one of the catalysts of things that to be like, I got to do this. And I mm-hmm. like devoured that book in a couple of days. Highly recommend it if anyone um, So good. We'll put it, it in the show notes. Yeah. But, um, you know, at that time, like he was still having a drink here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, my birthday's in February, end of February, and his is as well. So we always celebrate our birthdays together. We went um, to Nobu downtown and like had a night away and we went out to a really nice dinner. And I remember saying to him like, well, you can have like a cocktail. And he was just like, you know what? Maybe I'll have one like after we order. Mm-hmm. And it, kept, it was one of those things like the night just kept going on. I wasn't drinking and then he just did it. We actually ended up having – but I was I – well, I will first start off by saying I was a little bit nervous about it because it was our first like weekend like without the kids. It was like our birthdays and it was my first time being like, I don't know. Like, is it going to be like, feel as sexy? Is it going to be as romantic? Am I going to be as fun? Like, is this going to feel as cool? Like, I'm sorry, but like drinking sparkling water isn't the same as a glass of wine. So let's not pretend. Yeah. And yeah. that's okay. And now, now I don't even think twice about it. But right. that was like my first time like really doing that with him. And he ended up just kind of like not drinking. And then wow. it just ended up being like, he was like, I think I'm going to do this with you. And then it just snowballed. And I thought maybe he would do it for like a month or two. Yeah. And he's the one now, like I'll say to him, like, do you think when we're in California, we'd ever like drink? And he's like, are you kidding? I'm never drinking again. Wow. Really? So he's yeah. just like, he's, he's good to go. You know, I think it's opened both of our eyes as like how much of our life we were not even necessarily missing, but like a lot of good things have happened in our lives since we stopped drinking. And Mm. we both equate that from like, he's gotten a new job. I've launched a new business. We're moving our family across the country. I truly, from the bottom of my heart, will say I don't think any of those things would have happened had we still been drinking. Wow. 100%. Like I think this move to California is because we're sober. And I will say it's not even the alcohol, but it's the fact that like, because we're clear-headed and we're really aware and like present and mindful, like how we're living our life because we're really in the moment. I feel like we're leaning into the people we are always meant to be and we're like stepping into the shoes we should have been doing years ago. Oh my God. I have chills. No, but I'm sure you feel the same way. It's like when you really are like, oh, this is who I am. And you can like, you really get to step into like all the amazing stuff that's waiting for you. But that's not going to happen when you're waking up hungover on a Saturday morning. It happens when you're waking up feeling energized. I'm not saying you have to wake up at five in the morning like us because we're crazy early morning people. Yeah. But when you like 
start living your life and like really like leaning into things and taking risks and making big decisions because and from a place of like true um, authenticity and not based on like cloudiness, it's a totally different way of living. And I think our world has changed and opened up because of it. That's incredible. Also, I think like there's just something about being able to trust yourself. Yes. Like being able to trust that you can, first of all, handle anything that comes. Being able to trust that you aren't going to escape in alcohol and act some way that you are wouldn't normally act. Like there's just something being being able to trust that you're going to read the signs of the universe, yes. that, what they're telling you and your direction. Like that's so huge. Yes, yes, yes. That like being able to trust yourself, 100%. I totally agree with you. There are probably so many signs that like the universe has given me for certain things and I have been like, no, thank you, or like totally right. ignored, blown right by. And I do feel like – just being sober has allowed me to like see it. I feel like I'm seeing things clearer now. Totally. I love that. You feel that same way? Yes. Oh my God. You know, my day to day is still a little bit crazy because I'm going to blame the two year old. (laughs) (laughs) You're in a different position. I'm like, oh, I'm still a little bit in the, but yeah, like that comes through. Like every time I look at, like I was saying, like Everything you're saying and like this whole living authentically and just being true to who you are and really like trusting yourself, trusting the universe, trusting your partnership with JP. Like you guys yes. are clearly like so strong. It's incredible. Like it's Aww. it's been incredible to witness. And I'm like so excited to continue watching. Like You're so sweet. I am. I'm very selfishly bummed out for me <laughs> that you will be across you the country. You just moved to LA with us. So uh, LA. I know. Oh my god. But I have to say, I'm so grateful for you for even like doing this podcast and sharing things because you were one of those first people that I saw that was like, "Oh, this is a girl." And I hate using the word like like me, but like I could relate yeah. to you. I was like, "Oh, she's a local mom. She's got kids. She just goes out and like." And you were like, "I'm not drinking anymore." And here's why. And so openly sharing your story. And I personally found that to be so inspiring. And I was like, wait, if she can do that and you're sharing it like publicly on social media, I was like, I can give it a try for a couple of weeks. I could try this for six weeks. And I think it's so important because we, these things feel so, um, grand or like not possible. It feels really unattainable Yeah. until someone who you can relate to shares your story. And so I think it's so important that you're doing this. And for other people out there who are like, if you're listening to this and you're like somewhere along a journey, even if it's just like two days in or whether it's two years in, just making sure to like be vocal about it and be proud about it and talk about it because we need more people to be sharing that like, yes, I didn't have, I'm not an alcoholic, even though I hate using yeah. language, but I didn't have a problem. But like, I'm choosing to live my life without alcohol. Right. Like I decided to look at my relationship with alcohol and, and see what it really provided me. And when, yeah, when you realize, oh, it might've taken away more than it gave me, yeah. try something else. Yeah. But I think we can't give, be afraid of like saying that or talking about it. I shied away from talking about it for a while and I I just, you know, I, I regret that. And I'm just so appreciative that you shared your story and I, I just hope that you continue you. to. And I hope everyone who's 
listening to this, like similar out there, like continue to like be vocal about it, share how you're feeling, talk about it. Don't be afraid like in social circles to be like, actually, I'm not drinking and here's why. Because I guarantee there's someone else out there or in that social group who's thinking the same thing. Who's like, actually, I didn't want to drink on a Tuesday night either. But you know, and so I think the more we can give each other a pass, I don't know. We just need it. We do. And I think, thank you so much for saying that. And you, you have always been like so supportive and that's what makes it easier to speak up is, is when there are people who will, like, I always say it's, I mean, it's so much easier to jump when someone's going to catch you. Yeah. And like, that's what it felt like, you know, when I first started sharing, I think I first started sharing in like June, 2020. So I had like probably five months, you know, and I was like, okay, I think I've, I'm getting the hang of this <laughs> yeah. kind of. Let's talk it through. But yeah, being able to like know that I would be supportive and feeling that support from people like you and you've always been so supportive and you were the one who encouraged me to to start sharing sobriety more on my kind of suite rather than keeping it on the sober mom life. And so like kind of bringing it more toward just normalizing it even more in the bigger audience and everything like that. So yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, I adore you. No, likewise, likewise. It's so funny. I was thinking about our coffee chats and it's like, we really do just sit down and like get right into it. What emotional issues are you dealing with today? I'm like, tell me your deepest, darkest secret. Like, let's not even waste any time. I'm horrible at small talk. I can tell you my, all of my like deep, darkest secrets. Yes. I think that's what sobriety does though too, because I, when I was drinking, I would think like, oh, let's just all get some drinks in us and then we'll connect. Right. And then we'll be open. But that's, that's bullshit. You just, you you just get sloppy and then like, forget what you say. And you're like, what's your name again? Totally. And sobriety is like so much better of a connection where you really do just like see like soul to soul. Okay. Let's talk this through. I just, I love it. I love it. Ditto. Ditto. Oh my God. I love our chat here. Like I Me want you to come too. back on. Oh my God. You're so sweet. I know. I feel like there's like so many things that we could still dive into and I don't want to like, and, like there's so much more, especially just like around like the social aspect or people's reactions. Yes. And I think that's the thing that people always struggle with the most and that yeah. like, but we'll have to do that like a part two or something. And I know we will for sure. The only thing I'll say is if, uh, if, Something's not fun without alcohol. It's not fun. Um, a hundred percent. Like, let's just hundred percent. Let's just don't get it twisted. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. If you need yeah. alcohol to like be able to hang out with your friends, they probably suck. They probably aren't your friends. <laughs> they probably aren't. No, cool. it's true. It's true. And I was yeah. always feeling so awkward for people to be like, um, do you want to get tea or go for a walk? And they're like, wait, what? I'm like, a yeah. Friend. And they're like, wait. No, like, who you're like, cool. Weirdo? Okay, you're obviously not for me then. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I have to be honest. Like, I've always it made me feel like a weird, like as such, like I was so strange. Like, what's wrong? Yeah. With me? And I've, and I'm sure you feel the same way. The more I share about this or talk about this, it is the number one thing people are always like, "Me too." I'm the same way. Me too. Like, even in friends, like I don't want to drink anymore either. Like, it's yes. I actually feel like there's so many of us who are like, they really kind of done. I'm kind of over this. Especially I think after COVID, moms were drinking more than ever and now just coming out of it being like, wait a second, like I, I don't think that made it easier, yeah. you know? I actually think how we feel is the, the majority. Yeah. And like I think that people are like really like holding down to like, no, I'm going to be a drinker every day. Right. <laughs> I think that's like less and less, especially it's funny like even with my kids, like they see it and they're like, 
they always say like, we like it so much better that you and dad don't drink anymore. And really? like, oh, I was going to ask you, like, how did, how did sobriety change motherhood for you? Oh, it made it so much better. It's a hundred times better. Well, first of all, my patience, I feel like has grown so much more. Yes. I feel like I'm just handling things. Like there's even moments I'm like, wait, did I just say that? Like, I'll, I'll be really calm. And I'll think that is, I used to be very reactionary in motherhood. And yeah. now I feel like this has really helped me to, um, I don't know. I'm just parenting in a way that I kind of always wanted to, Aww, but never really had like the, the the capabilities to. But the kids really love it. I think they feel more included in our life because it's not like JP and I are like sneaking off. To, like not that we would sneak off, but like we go to another room and have a bottle of wine. Like yeah. they're kind of included. Like when I make mocktails, I'm like, you guys want one? And I'll make them like a little drink and I'll put some sparkling water with a mint in it and they'll come sit with us. You that know, it's just so nice. You're such a good mom. No, no, yes. I just yes. I feel like. No, I don't feel the way I used to where it had to be like me and JP separate and the kids separate. Now I feel like it can just kind of be us. Like I'm enjoying it more. That's so but nice. But I feel like they also, because I give them that, don't want it as much. Does that make yeah. any sense? So yeah, they'll, like, totally. They'll like sit and have like a drink. They're like, can we go now? Like, can we be out of here? Like they'll like, like yes. Like, yes. I'm like, that sounds great. That sounds great. <laughs> this was fun. Like, later. Yeah. That makes such perfect sense. And what's your favorite mocktail? Like what's your go-to Mocktail. Okay, so I'm super boring. I like always go with like a Topo Chico with mint Ugh. and lime. And I just like oh, I, I like listen, I'm not gonna like make up some like pear thing or like juice something. Like let's I don't have the time or the energy for that. Everyone always asks me like mocktail stuff, and I'm like, you guys, I don't really do I don't like sweet drinks like overall. So I'm feel boring too. So that's why I decided to ask other people because I'm, I'm like, so I don't boring. know. Like literally I live on sparkling water. So totally. And I feel like yeah. Topo Chico isn't actually good for you for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm actually really sure people have said like Topo Chico is in the best which I'm actually kind of <gasps> devastated. So I need to find like a better sparkling water. Okay. But- also just bubbles. Ooh. And yes, I did have a partnership with them on Instagram, but okay. this part is not sponsored. <laughs> but it's really good. Like the kind not the kind you make at home. No, no, no. We have right. that too. Oh, you That's do good. do you like that? It's good. I mean I just it's too much work. <laughs> I feel I'm like less is more. I'm yes. so over like yeah, just where I'm like, no thank you. I know. I'm like, I don't wanna make now I have to make water. Yeah. Like, I just you know buy what water. I like too are those I think it's Haywell. It's like those like oh. those drinks in a can and I oh, feel yeah. like I sell them kind of all over, but I can't tell you right now if you're listening like wet grocery stores. But I yeah. feel like I've seen them all over. I think it's just like Haywell, like H-E-W-H-E-Y-W-E-L-L. Okay. They yeah. have a couple different flavors, but it has like adaptogens in it, Ooh. which are like – and like I don't know, like some like herbs. I, I'm making this up as I'm you saying. You are. It, you're really making, you're just like making shit in, up. It's like blackberry ginger or something, but <laughs> oh, I feel yum. like it like kind of calms me a little bit. I don't know what the adaptogens do. Like I don't even know what that word even means. I mean, it's not, they sound good. They sound like I need them. <laughs> it sounds fancy, but I will, for all the, the cooking stuff I do, I don't know what they do. I can't tell you. But um, I do love those drinks. Okay. Well, that's, good. That's, I that's mean, all I got. That's all you need. Yeah. Literally all you need. Just take out the ethanol and then just drink whatever. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This was oh, so nice. Thank God, you for so letting me catch fun. up with you. Are you and- kidding me? Thank you so much. For sure. But you have to like keep sharing and keep doing this. And I'm just so inspired. And I know there are so many people listening who who need, you know, people like you to like like lead them. So thank you. Thank you so much. I love you and I'm going to miss I you. you. I know. I'll send some sunshine your way when it's like Yes, please. December oh my and January God. Here. Ah. Yes, All right, please. Well, um, okay. I love you so much. I love you. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. Why are we doing an ad again? So that we can tell people about brand new information, a pop culture and political podcast. Say it in a way that doesn't sound like game show host. Okay. Do you want to be in a room of overeducated douchebags and feel comfortable? Brand new information is for you. What's it going to take to put you in this podcast today? We have brand new information on sale for free. Free. Wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. We might not break the political and pop culture news of the week. But we put it right back together for you. That's right. Listen wherever you find your favorite podcasts. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.